the end zone, has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday edition of Locked On Post. Glad you're with me. Hope everyone had a great weekend, a great Valentine's Day on Friday. And if you were lucky, you got to spend some time in Gallagher-Iba Arena this weekend where everything went right for Oklahoma State. want to remind everybody right off the top, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country. Head over to LockedOnPodcast.com. Check out all of the podcasts that Locked On has to offer, including Locked On Sooners and Locked On Thunder, both featuring Brady Trantham, who does a fantastic job. You can find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell, at Locked On Pokes. That's where you can find the links to this podcast every single Day. Head on over there at Colby J. Powell at Locked On Pokes. All right, a lot to get to today. We got some Hall of Fame to talk about. We've got Oklahoma State baseball, softball, wrestling, but we're starting Saturday in Gallagher Iba Arena where Mike Boynton's Oklahoma State Cowboys got their third conference win of the season, three of the last four for the Cowboys, taking down number 24 Texas Tech 73 to 70. This was a team that beat Oklahoma State by 35. The first time these two teams met, outscored the Cowboys by 29 in the second half of that game. The first half of this game between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech was uh, was really pretty boring. Uh, It was 29-27 at halftime in favor of Texas Tech. Oklahoma State had about a six-minute stretch in that first half from, uh, I don't know, the 12-minute mark to the six-minute mark, somewhere in that neighborhood, without a field goal, somehow managed to tread water long enough to stay competitive in that game, held off a a little barrage of threes from Texas Tech late in that first half, and Oklahoma State is able to come away with the victory in large part due to the free-throw shooting of Jonathan Laurent and Caleb Boone, each of those leading the team with 16 points. If I would have told you on Friday that Caleb Boone – and Jonathan Laurent would have led the team in scoring on Saturday. Would you have thought that that boded well for Oklahoma State? I don't know. Maybe you would have. Maybe maybe you think if those guys are doing that much, then you're still getting your usual production uh, from the other guys, and that allows you to win the game. And that's more or less what happened. Even your A going scoreless. Usually when your A goes scoreless, it's a disaster. (coughs) Pardon me. It's a disaster for Oklahoma State. Wasn't the case on Saturday because Caleb Boone really picked up the slack. UNA had two blocks. Caleb Boone had three, six total as a team. And one thing Oklahoma State did really well, and this, you know, before I even looked at the box score, I knew Oklahoma State had a ton of offensive rebounds. Oklahoma State was getting second chance after third chance. Seemed like all game long. Oklahoma State had 15 offensive rebounds in that game. And uh, one, one thing Jonathan Laurent did, it was his best game of the season by far. 16 points, 4 of 9 from the floor. He hit 1 out of 4 threes, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He had 7 rebounds uh, to, to go along with everything else that he was doing. Also had a steal. So Jonathan Laurent was phenomenal. One thing he really did, he, he forced Mike Boynton to keep Thomas DeZagua on the bench most of the game. Thomas DeZagua had 8 points on 2 of 3 from beyond the arc and he hit a couple free throws. Only 10 minutes for Thomas DeZagua. Only 10 minutes for Avery Anderson. The uh, the guys in the starting lineup, save Yorane, who only played 14 minutes because Caleb Boone was doing such a good job in relief, 
37 minutes for Isaac Likely, 36 minutes apiece for Cam McGriff and Jonathan Laurent, and 35 minutes for Lindy Waters. Those guys played a lot of minutes. Lindy Waters didn't have his best game from the floor. He was 1 of 7, 0 of 1 from beyond the arc, 7 points, 3 rebounds, couple of assists, couple of turnovers. Not Lindy Waters' best game, but his teammates were there to pick him up. Late in that game, you kept feeling you know, you just have this feeling whenever you're trying to pull off a big upset that, okay, when's it going to go wrong? And we've seen it so many times with Oklahoma State this year. When is Oklahoma State going to hit the slump, hit the spell where they don't score for six minutes, like what happened in the first half? It just didn't happen in the second half. Oklahoma State scored 46 points in the second half. The Cowboys were in the double bonus with about 11 minutes to go in the half. That's one thing. I, I looked up and I told my wife with 11 minutes to go in the second half, Oklahoma State uh, was already in the double bonus. Texas Tech was already in the bonus. Oklahoma State has six fouls. And I said, buckle in. This is going to be a long second half because this is about to turn into a free throw shooting contest. And for all intents and purposes, it did. Oklahoma State 31 of 38 from the free throw line. Texas Tech just 12 of 20. So Oklahoma State shoots 18 more free throws, makes 11 more. Pardon me, makes 19 more. Oklahoma State shot the ball great from the free throw line. Tech shot it very poorly from the free throw line. One thing that baffles me, Jamias Ramsey for Texas Tech, phenomenal shooter, right? Guy you got to keep an eye on. Just absolutely lights it up. He was 3 of 6 from beyond the arc uh, on Saturday. He's about a 46-point, 3-point shooter, which is well above average. 46% is beyond phenomenal from beyond the arc, especially at the volume at which he shoots it. And yet he's about a 65% free throw shooter. He was one of four from the stripe on Saturday. So he he shoots it well above average from three, and then he's a very poor free throw shooter, which doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, but it helped Oklahoma State out on Saturday. Uh, I'll say this. I thought the game was over-officiated. I didn't think it was necessarily poorly officiated. Oklahoma State, look, after the, uh, which game was it? The Baylor game. Mike Boynton gets tossed. Everybody complains about the officials. Baylor shooting more free throws. All this and that. This game, Texas Tech committed four more fouls than Oklahoma State did. Oklahoma State was just fouled a lot more in the act of shooting. And the reason is simple. Oklahoma State shot 10 threes and Texas Tech shot 23. So to me, this is not the same as the situation in Baylor where Oklahoma State shot less threes, was the aggressor, and still was whistled for 8, 10 more fouls, whatever the case was. Oklahoma State were the aggressors. That is why Oklahoma State got to the free throw line. 10 threes. That means in the last two games, Oklahoma State has shot a combined 18 threes in the last two games. I, I, I hate to say I told you so. No, I don't. I love to say I told you so. It means I was right. I told you so. Stop shooting threes. Stop shooting threes. Two wins in a row now for Oklahoma State. Didn't shoot it from beyond the arc. Ten threes all they attempted against Texas Tech. While Texas, Texas Tech made ten threes. Tech was 10 of 23 from beyond the arc. That's pretty efficient. Texas Tech outshot Oklahoma State from the floor on five more attempts. 47% to 41%. On 51 attempts to Oklahoma State's 46 attempts. And yet, Oklahoma State got the win. It was the offensive rebounds, and it was the free throw shooting. Oklahoma State, 13 assists in that game. Still not as many as Texas Tech, but moved the ball around pretty well. You wouldn't expect more assists than that whenever, you know, 
31 of your points come from the free throw line, but Oklahoma State wins the rebounding battle by 15. Tech had only 22 rebounds total in the game, so uh, really a phenomenal effort by Oklahoma State and Mike Boynton's squad. And, and you feel like, again, that was a, a turning point when Mike Boynton got tossed from that Baylor game. Oklahoma State uh, winners of 3 of 4 now in conference, and the Cowboys find themselves in ninth in conference play. And believe it or not, don't want to get ahead of myself. Oklahoma State still has a tough schedule left in conference, but Oklahoma State now sits solo ninth in the Big 12, and with another win, they would tie Texas and Iowa State to move into a tie for seventh. With two more wins, they could potentially get into a T6 with TCU. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I still... This is not a tournament team. They're not going to win their final six games. But this team does have a chance to go to the NIT, which after an 0-8 conference start seemed beyond out of reach. So, uh, you know, playing pretty good basketball right now. Let's see if Oklahoma State down the stretch, six more conference games. Three and three? Three and three gets you six and 12 in the conference. Six and 12 in the conference, 16 and 15 overall, depending on how you do in the conference tournament. That's probably an NIT team, which would be – a nice achievement for these seniors after the 0-8 conference start. So good win for the Cowboys on Saturday. I want to take a break, come back, uh, and talk about some of the Eddie Sutton stuff that took place Saturday at gallagher Iba Arena. A lot still to get to in today's show. And where you need to get to is Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater. Our proud partners here on Locked on Pokes. It's at 617 East Redbud Drive, right there at the corner of Redbud and Perkins on the northeast side of town. They have the absolute best all-natural products in the state of Oklahoma. Friendly people, you go in, you get treated like family. Nice waiting room, you walk in, all the best products from across the state. Some of them grown in-house with all natural products. Some of them brought in from the best growers around the state. You will not find quality anywhere like you will at Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater. Tell them Locked on Pokes sent you. All right, going to take a break, come back on the other side. We're talking Eddie Sutton Hall of Fame. Coming up next here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back to Locked on Post. Glad everybody's with me here on a Monday. It was a beautiful weekend in the state of Oklahoma, and that's carried into this Monday where it's going to be nice once again, uh, which is great. Uh, I'm having to take – so my wife and I, we have three dogs. One of them is now having to go out on the leash every time he has to go to the bathroom. Had ACL surgery on Friday. My golden retriever sitting next to me here in his kennel looking uh, very sad that he's spending the next eight weeks of his life in this kennel, but it's a huge kennel. He's got a little plush blanket and pillow in there with him. He's doing all right, but uh, shout out to my guy Vince who had ACL surgery on Friday. I hope everyone else had a much better Valentine's Day than Vince did. Uh, I know my wife and I had a great Valentine's Day. Went and had a little Torchy's Tacos. Went and picked my sister up from the airport. Uh, it was a good Valentine's Day, so hope everyone had a good weekend. Got to play some golf with my wife yesterday in the nice weather, which was uh, which was good stuff. So glad everyone is with me on this Monday. Let's talk a little Eddie Sutton Hall of Fame, shall we? Eddie Sutton is a finalist for the Hall of Fame. Once again, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. The, the list of finalists this year is pretty mind-blowing. Uh, Kobe Bryant as a player. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. I tell you what, Jennifer Hudson's tribute to Kobe last night. Whew, that was powerful. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Sit in a dark room, turn everything else off, don't have your TV on, watch Jennifer Hudson. It's like a six-minute tribute to Kobe. Uh, some really powerful stuff with her singing last night. So Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan 
is a finalist, likely a lock. Kevin Garnett is a finalist. Rudy Tomjanovich, Tamika Catchings, Kim Mulkey, the longtime coach at Baylor, Barbara Stevens, and then Eddie Sutton are your Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame finalists. This is Eddie Sutton's seventh time as a finalist. He is 0 for 6 so far. I'm going to go ahead and prepare everyone. Look, we're, we're still going to be mad when it happens. I'm still going to come on here, uh, and, and I'm going to complain whenever he doesn't get in. But he's probably not going to get in. I'm assuming the voters have not changed. There are, th- this is how it works. There are 24 voters. They're completely anonymous. No accountability whatsoever for these 24 voters. You have to get 18 of the 24 as yes votes in order to get in. Everyone thinks it's political. Fran Fraschilla of ESPN has come out and said that it is political. The top 10 in wins all time, coaches, Eddie Sutton and Bob Huggins, the only two not in. Bob Huggins at West Virginia, currently at 806, which is where Eddie Sutton is at. Uh, Bob Huggins was nominated this year. He's still an active coach. Bob Huggins will get in. I'm certain of it. The the other guys on this list, Mike Krzyzewski, he's in with 1,153 wins. Jim Beheim is in with 1,061 wins. Bob Knight is in. You know, everybody wants to take the moral high ground with Eddie Sutton and and talk about some of the issues he had at Kentucky. Okay, Bob Knight is in at 899. Roy Williams is in at 881. Dean Smith is in at 879. Jim Calhoun is in at 877. Adolph Rupp is in at 876. Bob Huggins and Eddie Sutton both out at 806. And then Lefty Dreisel is in at 786. So eight of the top 10 are in Eddie Sutton, the only retired in the top 10 that are not in. Um, you, you know, Fran Fraschilla, again, I talked about this early in the year, but I want to read this, this quote again from Fran. He said, even people close to the game don't know how the Hall of Fame nominating and vetting process works. It's a secret society. I'm an East Coast guy, and I feel strongly that through the years, the Hall of Fame has been run mostly by people on the East Coast, people who don't like Eddie Sutton. It, t- to me, it is an absolute joke, not only in college basketball. We saw this recently with, with Major League Baseball and Derek Jeter not being unanimously elected, and the, the voters don't have to make their votes public. Well, why would the votes not be public? Why is there not accountability for people who vote for Hall of Fames? Why, why does the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame not make the votes public and hold people accountable for their votes. There's no reason that Eddie Sutton should not be in. Chris Beard, Texas Tech, very classy this weekend. Texas Tech warmed up in orange and black, uh, white shirts with orange and black font, said Hall of Fame on the back, on the front, pardon me, on the back. It has Sutton across the top with the number 806 on it. Very classy move from Chris Beard, who took a very strong stance that Eddie Sutton should be in, and Eddie Sutton should be in. It it was really um, emotional and great on Saturday. I I wasn't in the building. I couldn't be there. Uh, My mom and sister were there. I I talked to my mom about it. She said, you know, the honoring of the 95 team when they wheeled Eddie Sutton in his wheelchair out to center court and everybody stood up and cheered. Uh, I mean, that's a moment for Oklahoma State. That's a serious moment uh, for a guy who has a a lot of fond memories in Stillwater. Nobody is arguing that Eddie Sutton is perfect, that he was perfect in his time as a coach. Certainly, he made mistakes, uh, and those are clearly the the ones still keeping him out of the Hall of Fame, but it's getting a little bit ridiculous. Eddie Sutton deserves in the Hall of Fame. I hope he gets in this year. I, I really... 
I just hope they don't wait until he's going to put him in. He, he deserves to get in. He deserves to celebrate that with his family. Hopefully this is the year, but 0 for 6, who knows? Don't know if the vote, voters have changed. It is a secret society, so uh, best of luck to Eddie Sutton getting in the Naismith Basketball Memorial Hall of Fame this year. All right, I'm going to take one final break, come back on the other side. Let's see how uh, the Cowboys did on the diamond over the weekend. The Cowboys, the Cowgirls, a little bedlam wrestling action yesterday. Recapping all that coming up next here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back. Wrapping things up here on a Monday on Locked on Pokes. Glad everyone joined me today. Why don't you go ahead and go join my friends at Simply Green Pharmacy at 617 East Redbud Drive in Stillwater. Friendly atmosphere, local, naturally grown products. You go in, they do everything all natural. It's phenomenal. You can go in, they will give you a bucket to take home with you, and all of your compostables, uh, your, your banana peels, your apple cores, your coffee grounds, you put them in the bucket, you bring them back in, they give you free products, they take that, they use it as their soil, everything is naturally grown, it's phenomenal. It's healthy. They will take care of you. It is patients first at Simply Green Pharmacy. Patient drives every single Wednesday in Stillwater and Oklahoma City. Uh, Google Simply Green Pharmacy in Stillwater. Head over to their website and check it out. They will take good care of you and make sure to always tell them that Locked on Pokes sent you. All right, let's catch up on the diamond over the weekend. Let's start with Oklahoma State softball, now 6-3 and three on the season. Oklahoma State played in the St. Pete Clearwater Elite in Invitational this past week, starting uh, Thursday, February 13th, down in Clearwater, Florida, Oklahoma State. Uh, it was a busy weekend, played six games over the course of four days, doubleheaders on Thursday and Friday. Went three and one in those four games in the doubleheaders. Won the first three over Virginia Tech, South Florida, and Minnesota. We knew that whenever I recorded on Friday. Uh, Friday afternoon, the Cowgirls did lose to Missouri. Three to two in that one, uh, so that was a bummer for Oklahoma State. It was a real bummer because Oklahoma State led two to nothing heading into the seventh. Uh, Missouri put two on them in the top of the seventh, and then added another one in the top of the eighth in extra innings. And the Cowgirls dropped that one three to two. So that was disappointing for Oklahoma State, but the Cowgirls bounced back with a four to one win over Alabama on uh, on Saturday, which is a really good win. Everyone knows what Alabama is uh, as far as a softball program. Alabama number nine in the country coming into that game. Cowgirls take them down four to one. Uh, and then the matchup against Team USA on Sunday. The Cowgirls lose that one four to nothing. So Oklahoma State will now be playing in Birmingham, Alabama in the Blazer Classic later this week. Doubleheaders on Friday and Saturday. Couple games against Louisiana. The Cowgirls will also face Ole Miss and UAB. Then the Cowgirls will finally be back home February 28th where the Cowgirls will be hosting a tournament, the OSU Tulsa Invitational. They'll include the likes of Louisville and Oregon, so that should be a good one. A lot of good non-conference softball coming to Stillwater, Oklahoma. So the Cowgirls now 6-3 and three on the season. Uh, no home games yet, but like I said, February 28th, they will get the home slate underway. Oklahoma State baseball did not get off to a great start in Arizona. I told you on, uh, on Thursday and Friday, Grand Canyon is not going to to be a walk in the park for the Cowboys. And boy, was I right. Oklahoma State gives up 23 runs in three games, losing two of the three. And it was the uh, the freshman pitching for Oklahoma State. 
Bryce Osman gets run after two innings in Friday night's game. True freshman goes out, gets run in a couple innings. You know, that's that's one of those things. Uh, it, it happens. And then true freshman Justin Campbell makes his first start yesterday. He gets run after a few innings. The Cowboys lose that game 9-3. to So Oklahoma State 1-2 and early in the season with a game tomorrow against number three Arizona State at number three Arizona State. They'll play at home there. It was uh, – Kind of a rough week for Oklahoma State uh, offensively as well. Oklahoma State, again, I told you they, they gave up 23 runs in the three games. Oklahoma State scores only 12 runs in those three games. Uh, you, you know, guys like Houston Morrill, Carson McCuster, Cade Cavanis didn't get off to a great season from the plate. Morrill, 1 of 13 on the weekend. Cavanis, 2 of 12. Carson McCusker, 1 of 10 on the weekend. So slow starts for some guys. Do not press the panic button, please. College baseball is a 60-game season. It's There's a lot of time to go. Uh, a couple of true freshmen going out and getting run in their first career starts is not cause for concern whatsoever. Got to have patience. Baseball, it, this ain't football. This ain't football. You get off to a bad start, it, uh, it doesn't take down your whole season. So, uh, it was senior night in Gallagher-Iba, senior day, I should say. One o'clock is whenever everything got underway at GIA for Oklahoma State against Oklahoma. Little Bedlam Wrestling, the Cowboys win 27-8 to over the Sooners uh, in what were the final home wrestling matches for three seniors. Nick Piccinini got a pin, 125-pound redshirt senior. Obviously, All-American Piccinini is phenomenal. Joe Smith, sound familiar? Son of... John Smith, Oklahoma State wrestling legend, he uh, was a redshirt senior as well, so he wrestled for the last time at Gallagher-Iba Arena. Also, Andrew Shomers was a senior, so he had his final bout as well. Oklahoma State, uh, phenomenal season once again in wrestling, 13-2 and on the year, and if you went to any of those matches at GIA, the Cowboys... 8-0 at home. That's what you like to see. The only losses were at number 10 in the country, Lehigh, all the way back in November. Oklahoma State, also remember a few weeks ago, lost at Northern Iowa in what was a weekend doubleheader in Big 12 play. So Oklahoma State, 13-2 on the season. Huge matchup coming up against Iowa this upcoming Sunday in Iowa at 7 o'clock. Iowa wrestling, obviously phenomenal. You know, Iowa wrestling does it as well as anyone in the country. The Hawkeyes, 12-0 on the season. Season nine and zero in conference, uh, you know, tough to top. They beat Iowa State twenty nine to six earlier this year. Number six, Wisconsin came into Iowa City. Iowa beat them 32-3. to Iowa's got it figured out. So uh, Oklahoma State is going to have its hands full on Sunday, but that will be a huge, huge matchup on the mats. All right, good stuff today. Glad everyone was with me. Tomorrow we'll talk a little Cowboy football. Uh, we'll talk a little basketball recruiting as well as preview Oklahoma State and West Virginia tomorrow night. Can the Pokes Keep it rolling. Mike Boynton squad finally playing some good basketball. They have a little momentum. Nice to see them get the win over Texas Tech over the weekend. Everybody have a good Monday. I will leave you with this. Put Eddie in. <laughs>